Welcome to Talk World Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. This week on Talk World Radio, we are speaking with Lee Camp, who was the host of Redacted Tonight for eight years on the now shut down RT America network. He's also a former contributor to The Onion, a writer for Huffington Post, creator of the popular series Moment of Clarity. Uh, and his current website is patreon.com slash Lee Camp. Lee, welcome back to Talk World Radio. Thanks for having me. One of the few platforms I'm still allowed on, I guess. I think you'll always be allowed on here. Uh, <laughs> what happened to, to RT America exactly? Well, it's tough to know precisely because they didn't give us any behind-the-scenes knowledge. But I can tell you that uh, on one day, you know, Wednesday, it, it, everything was running fine. It didn't seem like there were any kinds of slowdowns or anything the following day. Uh, everything shut down and they told us it was all over and go home. And there was not even a hint of, you know, we might be back in a week or a month or a year. Uh, it is all done. And, you know, the reason my show was there, the reason I had my show there for 375 episodes, eight years, was because of the immense, immense amount of freedom I had. I wrote all my own stuff. I was never told to say anything, told not to say anything. I'm anti-war, so, you know, I said uh, on the airwaves that I was opposed to Putin's invasion, but I also uh, said on the airwaves the context of that invasion and the expansion of NATO, etc., so, you know, those are the type of things, that's the type of context I was allowed to give at that network that is now uh, completely shuttered because of U.S. sanctions. I mean, it seems to me it was pretty clear, clearly related to sanctions. But it was shut down by the U.S. government or by the Russian government? It's not. No, I, uh, no one's made that clear. However, I would be incredibly surprised if it was the Russian government, even though I know some mainstream media in the U.S. is trying to claim that. Uh, because even if they, let's say, they were suffering staffing shortages because some of the staff had quit, or they were suffering uh, uh, financial shortages, they would have cut back and kept things going. They could have had RT News continue to run. But the fact that it all shut down instantly makes me very much think that this is... Uh, you know, basically the U.S. government either making it impossible to operate or downright telling them to stop. And and so you you had complete freedom when you were there to criticize the Russian government uh, as well as the U.S. and any other government. Yeah, I mean, I viewed the focus of my show as American because I'm an American in America, raised in America. Like, that's my understanding of the world and what I feel uh, should be talked about most by me. But I criticized uh, the Russian government at various times and was, and was never criticized myself for it. I mean, by management or anything. And, uh, you know, there were many other people there that did the same. Uh, you know, amazing anti-war voices like Chris Hedges and Jesse Ventura and... That that's why we were there. We, you know, and many of us like like Jesse and Chris and uh, Ed Schultz, formerly, and uh, uh, many of the others had been purged from mainstream outlets because they couldn't, they can't allow anti-war voices. I mean, Jesse Ventura was paid upwards of ten million dollars just to get just to get him out of his MSNBC contract because they couldn't stand that he was anti-war in the lead up to the Iraq War. Uh, I mean, that is how much they do not want anti-war voices on their networks. 
canceled Phil Donahue, which was their top show at that time for the same reason. Um, I, 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 I I went on RT many, many times as a guest. Uh, I I mean, I was offered a show on Sputnik, but I refused to move to Washington, D.C. because, God, why would I do that? But but, uh, I went on RT many, many times and criticized Russia, and they still had me back on. Now, when it was recorded, they would tend to cut out the bits where I criticized Russia. Um, And when this uh, and when this war dramatically escalated uh they were in the middle of of texting me can you come on the show today and then just disappeared and just ghosted me from that that point forward um uh and and you know years ago uh, a russian air force guy tried to offer me money uh to publish as my own stuff that they would feed me so so i do have you know suspicions and i think there are limitations (laughs) uh, with regard to the government right Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, as with any powerful government, and I, I think, I think it's pretty much uh, accepted as truth that various outlets have been shut down in Russia. Uh, but you know, I think there's a bit of a difference at or was at RT between the news half and the opinion half. Uh, you know, the news half they have said outwardly, "We are the Russian perspective of the world." Uh, and world events. BBC has said they're the British perspective of the world and world events. So on RT News, it wouldn't surprise me if they're giving Russia's perspective. Whereas on the opinion shows, on my show, on uh, Chris Hedges, on Jesse Ventura, and there were several right-wingers on that network as well who gave their opinions. uh, We were, as far as I know, I mean, I can only speak for my show, but we were given complete freedom and never, never uh, had anything edited out or cut out uh, any time I was speaking. I wonder if they were worried about that Russian perspective being lost. I mean, because I went on RT a number of times in recent months uh, where the hosts were sort of former CNN hosts uh, and they were pushing, you know, the need for more U.S. military spending on me. I mean, it's exactly as if I were on CNN or MSNBC, but it was really? RT. It had, RT had become, uh, you know, almost identical to a U.S. television network. Well, I wouldn't say the network has, or I wouldn't be there, or I wouldn't have been there. Yeah, But yeah. Uh, in terms of certain shows, yeah, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, they did bring over, and actually this speaks to how they weren't just parroting the Russian line in many ways. They brought over people from who had been at CNN, who had been at Fox News, and those people were not... Uh, known for for putting forward russian talking points or anything so and and like i said you know the 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 censorship even if there was any at rt news which i can't speak to that i wasn't in any of those meetings i don't know but even if there was some i imagine it was very light because these you know rick sanchez is like i think you'd be hard pressed to get him to say anything that's the russian talking point of the world uh he's just a he's a you know excellent anchor that was at CNN and Fox News and MSNBC, I believe. And, uh, you know, Ben Swan, who was at uh, all of those affiliates, CBS, uh, NBC and Fox News, and then came and was also at RT America. uh, He said recently that he's never seen as much freedom as he had at RT America. All those other networks censored him or pressured him far more. It was obviously a huge advantage, I think, for your show to be on uh, a network with as much reach as RT had. Uh, and I assume the pros outweighed the cons. But was was it any 
was it to any extent a hindrance to, to be on a Russian network? Did people say, oh, I won't listen to you because you're you're a paid Putin servant? Uh, you know, to what extent was that a drawback? I, I don't know. Do you think there's any McCarthyism in America right now? Or do you think that's uh, <laughs> we're pretty cool with that? Just a, uh, just yeah. yeah. <laughs> Of course, there was, especially since, you know, the, the uh, Russiagate uh, hilarity ensued for four years. Um, it, it, there was, yeah, there was plenty of uh, criticizing me, of uh, calling me a Russian agent, of, uh, you know, and then there's the kind of uh, tech platform uh, creations like the scarlet letter labeling of, you know, Russian funding underneath the videos, even though they're not showing Raytheon funding for CNN or anything like that. But yeah, it, there was plenty of that. Um, but when it came down to it, you know, I just checked in with myself each each week or each month and said, you know, do I know why I'm on this network? Uh, can, and it's it was just obvious to me. It was I am anti-war, anti-imperialist, anti-corporate America. And there is no other network uh, that was that existed across American media or even outside of American media, even entertainment channels in America that would allow those discussions on a regular basis. Sure, you might find a little, a little tiny article here or there, a little tiny uh, peep up from someone on an interview, but on a regular basis, that does not and cannot exist on American airwaves. So that is why I was there. There, there, and and there likely will not be uh, something as lar as largely produced, as highly produced as Redacted Tonight with million dollar cameras and all that stuff um, anytime soon because. That stuff cannot be at these larger studios. Uh, they don't allow uh, discussion of anti-corporate talking points, anti-imperialist talking points. And so I knew I was there. And, I, you know, you can call me all kinds of names. I can be a pariah if that's what people want. But I, I knew exactly what I was doing, and I've never, never been censored. So... Uh, I had nothing to complain about on that front. We're speaking with Lee Camp, who until just recently was the host for eight years of Redacted Tonight on RT. Uh, Lee, I was reading a, a theory from a, a friend, Sam Husseini, yesterday, a very smart guy, but who sometimes sees more nefarious uh, plotting and planning from manipulators of the world <laughs> than I do, uh, who, who seems to think that the U.S. government probably allowed our to go on so long and other national networks by foreign governments to go on so long because it could always pull the plug with some uh, decision that it was, you know, foreign and traitorous and, and so forth. Uh, whereas uh, independent media outlets without the million dollar cameras like the real and so forth uh, would be would be hindered by everybody going rushing to watch RT. And then later they would pull the plug on RT. And meanwhile, the real wouldn't get anywhere. Uh, apart from what you think <laughs> of that plot scenario, is there is would there not be advantages to having an actually independent non-governmental media outlet if it could find the funding and the and the access uh, and is there an opportunity now for that well a few things i i don't think that uh, plot really holds up because they had suppressed uh, RT America and associated videos, all of my stuff, heavily over the past uh, four years, really started in 2016. I actually think far more than Trump, I think what scared them the most was the Bernie Sanders movement, uh, the idea that a socialist could could end up in the White House. And the, the suppression was immense. 
So all of the millions of people that used to watch my show and a lot of RT America shows did go elsewhere uh, because when you suppress something, people don't see it. And most people are a little bit lazy. I'm not saying they're sitting on the couch all day, but slightly lazy. And they don't seek out the shows that they used to like if they're not kind of repeatedly uh, represented to them, shown in their feeds, shown on uh, YouTube, presented, you know, uh, uh, recommended to them by these platforms. So we saw our numbers uh, just devastated over the past four years. And, you know, if that plot were to be accurate, then there'd be no reason to, uh, to, to stop everyone from going to RT America. Instead, by the time it was actually shuttered, it, it was getting the fraction of the number of views it used to. Um, but beyond that, uh, yes, I think there is an opportunity now for many of these things to go independent, for many of these shows to go independent. Uh, but, you know, in order to look or be as highly produced or even just to have as highly uh, uh, crafted online presence, it does take a lot of money. Um, I'm trying to keep my work going with patreon.com slash Lee Camp, but that I know that I could get a lot of members and it would never uh, be enough to fund something that looked like Redacted Tonight. Now, that being said, I'm happy to create something that looks a little different, that looks a little more uh, DIY. I, I think that could be really exciting. Uh, but just one last note on this. Many of these independent networks have tried. Uh, you know, the, you mentioned the real news. Uh, there's Breakthrough News is an excellent new uh, independent outlet. But it is incredibly difficult because they face suppression too. They, they, uh, it's not like you just create this wonderful YouTube channel and everyone flocks there. Um, their videos are not shown to people. The algorithm sees what they're talking about, can transcribe their, their audio and, and uh, realize, hey, you're talking about Ukraine. You're talking about Nazis in Ukraine. You're talking about terrorists or the war on terror. And it, it crushes their videos as well. So uh, being an independent outlet is uh, no piece of cake. Is uh, is Patreon uh, something that can be trusted not to shut you down, not to algorithm you out of uh, people's uh, site? Well, it can't. It can't be. It, it, it's not algorithm based, so that's not the worry. It has. There's a few very rare instances of them shutting, actually shutting off pages. Uh, so yes, there is there is a fear of that, but unfortunately, they're kind of the best out there for independent fundraising while you create products that you post. Um, but yeah, no, that that fear is always there. Uh, they also, I used to have a small Patreon. I didn't do much with it, and they kind of crushed it in one day by changing the uh, the subscriber basis uh, so that people were basically paying a quarter of what they had signed up to pay. Uh, so yeah, there's still fears there, but this is the thing I've, I've been saying this for years, even as I had a large platform that we need to build up the alternatives that won't do this or that can't do this, uh, things that are accountable, open source. We need to build up those alter alternatives while still using the tools that are given to us. Like I'm not going to delete my Twitter, uh, while we try and wait and build a better Twitter. Uh, so I, I think we have to, as activists, we have to do both. We have to build up the alternative and still use the, the tools that are there. I don't know, Lee Camp, and I don't know if you know uh, to w what percentage of people watching uh, Redacted Tonight went specifically at the moment to see Redacted Tonight and what 
what percentage were people who sort of flipped on RT and left it on for hours while they lay on the couch. Uh, and I wonder if there's any advantage to getting a bunch of good shows together, uh, formerly on RT or otherwise, uh, and creating a, you know, a, a playlist where people can, can as lazily as conceivable, sit there and, and happen to, to watch them all. Listen, I would love this. Someone else brought this up to me, and I would love for there to be an independent site that you go to, and it just plays, you know, all this awesome content. Um, but yeah, that, that generally, as far as I know, like I'm, you know, I I ain't no businessman, but uh, it generally takes a fair amount of money to get to that point, and then unfortunately, in the world we live, you know, I'd love to get past this world <laughs> to a better one, but in the world we live, the big funders of something like that then want to see where they're going to get their uh, return on investment. Uh, so, you know, creating it outside of that model is is very tough. Um, I, along with Eleanor Goldfield, did create a website that's not all video, but it's called uh, radindymedia.com that is meant to be kind of an online digital uh, newspaper of great anti-war, anti-imperialist content. We've posted your uh, episodes many times. And, you know, it, it is small and growing, but I think part of the problem is it's not a moneymaker. It's not, we, we, there's no sponsorship. No one funded it. Uh, it's just a small website. And so that means you don't have uh, large scale advertising and that type of thing. But, uh, you know, hopefully it is an alternative. I don't know. Maybe we can find more funding or get organization, non, you know, activist uh, NGOs to, to help fund such a thing. I don't know. Um, but we're speaking with Lee Camp. Uh, one website is patreon.com slash Lee Camp uh, and another is radindymedia.com. Um, Lee, if, if Redacted Tonight were there today uh what would we be hearing on it uh and, and and what would we be hearing about uh the shortcomings of the u.s media uh which you know everybody seems to know that the u.s media really really sucks but they don't most people don't seem to be quite clear exactly why and how <laughs> what, you know, what, what what is it we're missing with the with the shutdown here with with the shutdown or with the uh, what's going on in Ukraine? <laughs> what would you be talking about uh, yeah. redacted tonight if it was on tonight? Well, one of the big things, um, you know, and, and as I've already said, I made clear I'm completely opposed to war. I'm opposed to Putin's invasion. But uh, I just for my I was going to have him on redacted tonight till the show was canceled. But I ended up having him on my YouTube channel, uh, former U.N. weapons inspector Scott Ritter, who, of course, is well known for having been right about WMD not being in Iraq. And the media mercilessly mocked him and tore him apart back in the early 2000s. And now he's saying that. Uh, you know, Russia can easily win this. Obviously, it's a massive military power. And it really, the only, he, according to him, the only thing holding them back is the fact that they are holding themselves back. They're not just uh, blowing up whole barracks of soldiers and things like that. And that they will win. So the only way to stop uh, the death and the bloodshed and everything, according to him, is we. They, it just has to be a peace agreement. Like they have to sit down and, and nail it out. 
And it, it, I feel that is not what that is not what you're getting from your mainstream media. Your mainstream media wants to focus on, you know, armed insurgency in the streets, trying to, it seems to me, turn Ukraine into another uh, Afghanistan or another Syria. And to me, that's just uh, disgusting. And it's funny that it's being done under the guise of we care about civilians. So let's turn all of Ukraine into a, uh, you know, war zone uh, permanently. Uh, that to me doesn't isn't actually how you care about civilians. But uh, it seems to me like Russia keeps announcing its demands, the things it wants, as it's done very clearly in writing for months now. Uh, and then President Zelensky of Ukraine announces that, well, uh, these are ultimatums. I won't answer ultimatums without explaining what a non-ultimatum demand would be. Uh, or Russia won't talk. Only I will talk. Or watch me strut around bravely. And, 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 and somehow, like, like George W. Bush and Rudy Giuliani on September 12th, he's transformed from this bumbling idiot into God uh, just by existing. Uh, yep. And yet it seems like he's the one who won't say, at least publicly, what his demands are. He just declares, I'm willing to talk. They aren't. While the Russians keep saying, here's what we're saying. Uh, what am I missing yeah. here? No, I think you have it right. I, th I think he's he's under immense. I, I'm, I, I don't know whether he's brave or not. I kind of doubt it. But he's under immense pressure to both answer to the Nazis uh, that that have largely infiltrated a lot of the government. And, you know, Scott Ritter's point was also that the Nazis may not be a large percentage of the government, but they are the ones that are willing to be ruthlessly violent. They will assassinate politicians that wrong them. And that is what I think he fears. But then beyond that, he's answering to the U.S. and the U.S. is basically saying, you know, don't sit down for peace talks. Uh, keep keep waging this this war because the U.S. now views it as useful in terms of a propaganda win against Russia, in terms of uh, NATO cohesion. NATO is all united right now, and uh, and in terms of sanctions to to cut off uh, Russia's uh, oil spigot. And, and to me, that it, it's that, you know. The, the only way to do this is to sit down at a table and hash it out and come up with an agreement. And that's the only way this killing stops. Uh, you know, saying I'm not going to answer with a gun at my head or whatever doesn't make any sense because every war has ended with a gun at someone's head like that. That's that's generally how war is, unfortunately. Uh, so, yeah. With the, with the coup eight years ago, we we remarkably had actual audio recordings of phone calls of U.S. officials plotting. Uh, you, you never get that. And and yet it was still completely erased, sunk in a memory hole, uh, n never happened. When you say that the U.S. is now telling Zelensky don't negotiate peace, uh, to what extent is that just sort of obvious? And to what extent is it public? Do we actually have documentation that the U.S. is saying that to Zelensky? No, I don't have documentation. And, I, and you know, that leaked phone call you were talking about was very rare. I, I don't think we're going to get that kind of proof. But... Uh, you know, it is clear through the years that through the past couple of years that the U.S. very much does tell Zelensky and Ukraine since 2014 uh, most of what the most of the moves they make. And I, I think that if the U.S. was saying, you know, get achieve peace right now, sit down at that table and, and you know, uh, figure it out, I think it would happen. Yeah, I think so. Um, the, the other thing I, I noticed that I can imagine redacted tonight uh, doing a nice segment on uh, is the fact that people suddenly care, uh, not just support 
peace demonstrations if they're in Russia, but care about war victims. Uh, and and <laughs> for the first you, time, I mean, I can imagine all the people in Yemen and Iraq and Afghanistan and Syria and Pakistan and Syria and, and Libya. It just what about us? Do you if you care yeah. about war victims now, do they have to be Ukrainian? And how do we apply for citizenship? You know. Oh, uh, the hypocrisy is just uh, unbelievable. Uh, people suddenly care about victims of, of bombings, et cetera, even though now, you know, it, it's not our country doing the bombing at the moment in Ukraine. Elsewhere, yes. But so if you wanted to really get upset, how about your own country? How about uh, screaming at the American government for, I believe, uh, Obama's last year, the Pentagon said it was 26,000 munitions dropped. For Trump's first year, 40,000 munitions dropped. So, I mean, where were, where was all this outrage? And where, why weren't people turning their Facebook and Instagram thumbnails to the uh, color of the Yemeni flag? I, I, you know, I never really saw that. I don't, I don't even think people know what the colors are. So it's, it's, it's just amazing that, I mean, this is manufacturing consent, but, you know, ironically this time, or maybe not ironically, just impressive propaganda, uh, this time they're manufacturing concern for victims, in my view, in order to keep war going. Doesn't seem to be much funny about any of this, uh, but I know that you would make it funny. Uh, how, the, <laughs> how the heck do you do that? <laughs> well, I, I sit down at a desk for many hours and I figure it out. But yes, I, I do I do make all this stuff funny on my on my show that I that I used to have, and and you know I think the key to comedy in all of these dark issues that I tackle, you know, it's not just war; it's also the fact that uh, people can't afford health care and people won't even go to the doctor and they just die at home. Like that's pretty tragic too. But the key is that the victim of the joke, meaning the punchline, is aimed at the uh, the wealthy, the powerful, the 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 medical system instead of those hurting from it. So. I think there can be jokes about just about anything as long as the victim, quote unquote, of the joke is not the oppressed, which is what makes me so sick about all these comedians that are, you know, oh, look how edgy I am. I'm going after trans people. And it's like, do you, do, do you really think that they, they don't have it hard enough? They really need to be taken down a peg? Uh, it, it just makes me sick when people act like that's edgy. No, edgy is going after the powerful. What did they do to J.K. Rowling? I, I mean, what, what, what harm can they possibly have caused her? Um, but I, I, I think the, we have just a couple minutes left. Lee Camp, uh, the, the U.S. media has got the ratings up. They're paying yeah. people, God knows, probably minimum wage to these Putin whisperers who just tell you what Putin's thinking rather than, you know, journalists who cost money. Uh, and they don't have to cover anything else. They don't have to cover student debt, housing, the environment. It, all that stuff is, you know, you, they can brush aside. Uh, how do you how do you compete with these people? Well, I, you're, I mean, first of all, you're absolutely right that this is a huge ratings grab for mainstream media. I mean, they would be doing the State Department's bidding nonetheless, but they lost something like 40, 50 percent of all viewers the moment Trump left office because the Trump show was over. And now they finally have them all back. So this is very exciting for them. But uh, yeah, in terms of how I how I compete with that, it it. To, in my opinion, it has to do with the fact that there is a void. There is a void in our airwaves of anti-war voices. You know, luckily we have yours and, uh, and many others, but uh, 
they're, they're not on the mainstream media. They're not on the big platforms. And so in that way, there is a void for, uh, and especially in the comedy world, a giant void uh, of anti-war, anti-imperialist comedy. So I just try and fill that little niche and, and hopefully give some people ideas. I mean, the nice thing is that these ideas that you and I are talking about uh, grow in people's minds much quicker than trying to force a fake reality down people's throats. And so hopefully we have kind of a, a leg up, a superpower in that regard. No, like I said, I've opposed Russia on Russian TV and been back on. And when I've opposed U.S. wars on CNN, MSNBC, I've never been heard of again. Uh, so there <laughs> right. is a, a problem there. Uh, half a minute left. How can people keep track and follow up and support what you're doing? Well, if I'm able to find enough subscribers, uh, I do hope to recreate something like Redacted Tonight, and that's at patreon.com slash Camp. if uh, people want to join up there. And it's got all my posts there. Uh, even if you're not a member, uh, most of the posts are still available there. And uh, LeeCamp.com, and then that that uh, media site that you and I mentioned is rad, IndieMedia.com. Lee Camp, thank you very, very much for keeping it going and for coming on talk. Thank you. This is Talk World Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. Read or listen to today's Peace Almanac entry at peacealmanac.org. All past shows can be heard at talkworldradio.org. Talk World Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way.